0: Welcome to the Source of Success Show, a platform where we engage in conversations with everyday individuals who have transcended the ordinary to become truly extraordinary. Their stories serve as a powerful inspiration, encouraging all of us to tap into our own extraordinary potential and embarking on a journey towards success and living our best life. I'm your host, Lannan Estradin. Have you been contemplating a career transition lately and not sure where to start? If the answer is yes, then this episode is for you. So be sure to tune in, as it might just be the answer you're looking for. In today's episode, we're delving deep into the art of career transitions from navigating between different career paths to uncovering your true passion. We'll be addressing the challenges of feeling stuck in your current career and much more. And we have an extraordinary guest with us, Mustafa Amor, who's here to share his remarkable journey as a career shapeshifter. Mustafa's story is truly inspiring from being an author to a startup founder, coach, diplomat, investment banker, and pharmacist. He has truly mastered the art of evolving across diverse career paths. We're absolutely thrilled to have Mustafa, the founder and CEO of the Passion MBA on our show. He's here not only to recount his journey, but also to provide invaluable insights into how each of us can embrace the path of a career shapeshifter or find that dream career we've been longing for. Let's welcome Mustafa and dive into this insightful episode. Hi Mustafa and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. How are you?
1: Hi Lana. It's a pleasure being with you today. Thank, Thank you, so much.
0: you. Thank you. Um, so I guess we can start by introducing yourself and tell us who are you and what mission are you on?
1: Great. So, yeah, in reincarnation vocabulary, I lived a few career lives in the the past. So, um, as you know, most of us as teenagers, when we want to, you know, choose a path, a career path, I wasn't really sure what I really wanted to do. So I started uh, as a pharmacist uh, out of passion for chemistry. Um, Once I graduated, I knew that pharmacy wasn't for me, so I really wanted to change. So it was a bit of struggle while I'm starting my career as a pharmacist and I want to change at the same time. So uh, luckily, after three years of working as a pharmacist and preparing myself to be my next uh, uh, dream career uh, as a diplomat, I managed to do that in three years. Um, so as a diplomat, I worked for 10 years of, of my life. Um, I'm originally from Egypt, so I served my country in Africa and Malawi and United Nations and New York for short missions and also in China. Um, And somehow in China, uh, after 10 years of diplomacy, I reached the peak of my career and I thought, um, I really want another change. Um, I didn't know what what I really wanted to do. But after some time, the answer came through investment banking. So I moved to a multinational development bank uh, in in China. um, And that was during the first year of operation for the bank. Uh, Very similar to the World bank. It's called AIIB, the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank. Um, And that was a whole new experience for me. So I started again from scratch. Uh, I moved to an investment team that was finding investment uh, and infrastructure across the whole globe. Uh, uh, For four years I was doing that and also I did my MBA and I decided to do it in Manchester in the UK during those four years. Somehow doing an MBA is like knocking on different doors, exploring different possibilities of yourself, and I saw myself in all of those different possibilities, and I thought, "Wow, you know, maybe while I'm still young, why not I pursue entrepreneurship? Why not I build my own business, and I, I have several revenue streams, I have another impact uh, from another type, and this is how I ended up jumping from uh, investment banking. Started my own coaching business uh, back in 2020. Uh, So, since 2020, um, what I did is I applied all my practical experiences in pivoting careers and supporting other people. Uh, Luckily, I helped dozens to hundreds in many different capacities, and that actually inspired me to look for my fifth life, which is in uh, the tech startup world. So, I thought if I was successful in a way that I would was able to help uh, dozens of people, there must be a way to scale that service and help more than that, thousands, or even hundreds of thousands. So that's why right now I'm in the journey of starting my own uh, tech startup.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That's like uh, uh, what a whirlwind of journey that you've been on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um you know as as the more you go in your path, the more you can see. Mm. a bit by a bit yeah but i think having that open mindset i think it's helping you to okay i don't know exactly what would happen a year from now but i'm enjoying doing what i'm doing so let's see yeah
0: exactly and maybe we should just like go back a little bit in terms of like how you grew up back in egypt and just to give the audience a bit of feel of how you came about
1: well i was i was lucky uh that my parents used to travel since i was born so i think The first time I traveled, I was almost one year old and I moved with my uh, parents around. So we traveled around in the Middle East, uh, in Jordan. Uh, We lived in uh, Iraq, in Saudi Arabia, in Dubai, uh, uh, Zanzibar, in Africa, in East Africa, in Tanzania, Uganda. We moved to Palestine. So we, you know, Israel, different, different countries. Uh, So I was so lucky growing up. you know, being in touch with other cultures, opening my mindset. And I think that's how instilled the idea of being a diplomat. And Mm -hmm. uh, I saw diplomats around and I saw people traveling and I thought, wow, uh, this is cool. What if uh, one day I could be a diplomat who represent his culture or so in a good way? Uh, And and, uh, somehow I was back and forth between these countries and Egypt. I did spend a long time in Egypt. On the other side, I was the eldest uh, kid in the family, Um, uh, uh, shy, introverted, uh, conformative, so uh, I obey all the orders. But then also within myself, I had uh, all those dreams that I was always dreaming of and I kept them inside myself. So when the time came, I tried my best uh, to pursue them.
0: That's amazing. Usually the oldest child has to set the standard and everyone else follows. (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. In, in, in my case, uh, cancer is also a bit of introverted and then also they are a bit dreamy. Uh, yeah. So that balance between being shy, introverted, also you obey, you know, you're elderly, but at the same time being dreamy is what motivates you. And yeah. you cannot let your dreams go away from you. So
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And while you were like moving around, what was like education for you, um, in between as well?
1: Well, it wasn't easy, of course, because every country has its own experiences, education system. So I, I, I had a bit of suffering around, you know, and you know, moving around from different systems. Um, and I recall even once in the middle, I. I had to forget that I'm learning English in school because when I moved to Saudi Arabia at that time, you know, learning English in school wasn't an option. Um, So I I just follow whatever. So I I I lost it for a while and then I picked up uh, after that. It wasn't easy, but then also it's an experience. You know, Um, I assume if I just was as a normal kid going to the same school or the same system all his or her life. And um, and then, in my case, I went to different countries, uh, different experiences. Uh, I think I will still choose the the, the second, even if I suffer a bit, in, in yeah, in traveling.
0: Yeah, I guess and like even though you were traveling, um, and but you still like experience different sort of system of education. Um, what would you say yeah. was the best system that you went into? Um,
1: well, for me. Until now, the British system proved uh, (laughs) a lot of success. Um, I'm a fan. I'm an advocate. I like the idea of learning by doing, which Mm -hmm. I found it uh, uh, there. I like the practical way. I don't think there's only one answer for every single question. I think there might be dozens of answers. Um, And I like the idea of, okay, find your way, find your answer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which is I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, exactly. And after school, how did you sort of transition from school into university, and what degree did you do?
1: Um, the transition was a bit hard, because um, back to my childhood I was a dreamy kid, so I was dreaming of many possibilities. I wanted to be a football player, an engineer, and then a bit after that, diplomat, and then a doctor. And then I was just, every couple of months, I was thinking of something. Oh, I want to be this, I want to be that. And then when the time came, I was 16 years old, I had to decide. I didn't know what really I wanted to be. And um, I thought, okay, maybe at this stage, I love the idea of being a diplomat, but I don't like studying um, political theories and economics and all of that. And I, I thought, okay, this is not for me as to study. And I found chemistry. And I thought, okay, maybe chemistry is fair enough. I like it. I enjoyed it. I don't know whether I, I will do chemistry for all my life, but I think it's a good start. Let's do something that I love. And uh, this is how I ended up in pharmacy, just because pharmacy has all types of chemistry, including pharmaceutical chemistry, which is another higher level of chemistry. And uh, um, I did that for five years. It was an interesting time. It was tough. Though I learned a lot, but also it was, uh, wasn't an easy experience. Um, but I was sure once I graduated, especially the last semester, uh, that I wouldn't do pharmacy for all my life.
0: Yeah, um, thank you for that. And in terms of your career, like you start off as a pharmacist, and then tell us how you sort of transitioned between the different roles that you've had.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, was also tough because. Um, I didn't want to commit to a dream unless I'm so sure that this is for me. And if I don't know the answer, how would you know the answer, this is for me or not? So I took a bit of time trying to reflect on my life, reflecting on my decisions. I didn't rush to a conclusion, so I give myself a bit of time. Uh, I think I took almost a year and a half to decide that, okay, uh, diplomacy is for me, I will die for it i would kill myself i would do my best uh until hopefully i get it um i took a year and a half i normally and it's also a habit i learn it and i try to do it in every transition every big decision in my life is that i don't take biggest big decision in my life unless i'm in a a high spiritual status if i would say you know a a bit connected you know And um, in my case, I'm Muslim. So Ramadan for me is like, okay, the the peak of my spiritual status. And this is, I I ended up deciding in Ramadan. So I I waited until Ramadan came. Uh, I was preparing myself, warming up spiritually. And by the end, I was like, okay, uh, I'm sure. Um, Also because going along a way that you don't know the end of it, If you start receiving signs you see start seeing signs across you know the 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 roads okay I'm on the right path okay I'm on the right direction and luckily enough I got a few of them and um, a sign it's not a sign in itself but the repetition of the sign is a sign so I I got those signs repeated in different ways (laughs) and it confirmed to me that okay diplomacy is for me.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's usually like um, you have to find the sort of point where you're more like spiritually or more um, in tune with yourself to actually make those decisions.
1: Exactly. Because somehow, okay, I thought I don't know the future. I don't know what would happen. First of all, I just need to make sure of myself, my feelings, whether this is something I really want to do for the rest of my life. And also, can I connect it to a big uh, purpose, if I would say, a big meaning in my life, if I would say, and I successfully managed to do so. For example, representing my culture was a good thing. Okay, what if I represent my culture in a good way? Uh, what if um, uh, I try my best to every every single person I meet to show a good vision, a good picture of my culture? Okay, uh, that's uh, fair enough. Um, and then when you start receiving those signs, okay. I know I'm on the right track. Let me just continue. Let me, you know, push uh, and and find my way ahead.
0: Yeah, exactly. And now you're currently um, working at, on Passion MBA. Um, tell us about the purpose and mission of it.
1: Sure. Um, after, you know, a few careers, I thought if I kept all the values that I lived my life with and for, all the experiences, all the knowledge, I think I would be selfish. Uh I was fine in my corporate career, uh, my salary was good, but then I thought, okay, if I keep all of this to myself, uh, I'm not trying to help other people, because I've seen a lot of people around me stuck in somewhere, so a career, and they're afraid uh, uh, many reasons why they're not able to try and, and do something else. Um, and this is how I ended up building the Passion MBA. And the idea is, if you can build your life or your career um, as a project and because I believe your life or your career is a project you really need to build it on the right foundations and the right foundations uh, could be for example there a lot of convictions that we believe in and uh, for example one of them is it's too late to change right now oh I spent 10 years in my career and I don't think I should change or change is risky it's it's another uh, way to you know lay back um, for example, another myth, I call it the supreme specialist, uh, which is I would rather be specialist all my life and that's the only way to succeed in life. But I'm also proving there is another way, which is actually being a career shifter or somebody's changing his career. Um, so I I built that methodology. Um, it's again from my practical experiences. I tried on people and it worked every time. And I'm really, very proud of it because It's showing people the answer from within, you know, themselves. So always the answer is coming from there, uh, you know, within. So it's something I'm really proud of.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I think not many people, like, um, take the chance on changing their career, like, completely to a different sort of sector or domain. Yeah. And they always fear that, that they won't be able to compete and get to a good level, but, what you've done, I think it's really amazing. I, I do a sh- career shape-shifting, but I try to stay within technology in itself.
1: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, and, and um, it, especially when you start speaking to people around you. I remember mm-hmm. as a pharmacist, and talking to people around me, and I say, I want to be a diplomat. And then the answer was like, no way. How can you be a diplomat you know you don't you don't have the experience uh, you don't have the background you don't have anything that can you know help you to be a diplomat so how come and um, it's hard but also imagining yourself in that place stuck there forever like I imagine myself as a pharmacist all my life or in my own pharmacy all my life and I thought no I don't want to live that life I want to live another life which Maybe has more freedom, more travel, more connection uh, and with other people from different cultures. So always trying to imagine that life. What would happen if you just don't do anything?
0: Hmm.
1: And how bad it would be to yeah. be stuck forever? There. <laughs> and then, okay, how I can reverse that?
0: Yeah, I exactly.
1: Important start.
0: Yeah. Um, what school did you find that was very helpful for you while you were transitioning between the different roles?
1: uh faith is important i i attribute faith uh, to faith all the time because um you will come to a time where you question yourself I'm i'm always repeating that process so right now when i'm i'm currently building my tech startup i'm, I'm again repeating the same process uh so without faith in myself and what i can do and how far i can go uh it's really hard so just recalling one of those conversations with people around me, the majority of people would say, you know, as a pharmacist, want to be a diplomat. uh, It's a national competition, like almost 2,000 contestants. At the end, they take 20 or 30. (laughs) So majority of people would say, do you think they're going to take 20 or 30? Do you think they're going to take you out of those 20? And they leave hundreds of people who are much more capable than you. They have much better uh, uh, background than you do. You are a pharmacist, you cannot do this. And um, I repeat the conversation with myself all the time. I keep repeating it and I ask myself the same question. It's logical. Do you think they take you and leave all those uh, you know, people who may be much better than you? And the answer was always reversing that question. Do you think it's impossible for God? And having that faith, I think, was really crucial because The answer was always, no, it's not impossible. Uh, Then, okay, what you need to do, do your part, just do your best. So again, back to my point, which is, okay, I have to do my best. I have to do my part. So every single day, I get distracted by those, you know, those opinions. And then I come back again, do your best, just do your best. And let's see what would happen. Uh, Nothing to lose, if I I would say.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes um, when you sort of suggest a new idea or like a sort of career change, if the people around you are shocked by it, then it's probably the good decision you're making. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. In, in, in my case, unfortunately, mostly we're always shocking. Uh, also on my parents' level, like yeah. every transition, it wasn't easy for them to accept it. It took them a while luckily enough right now we are super supportive but then also it wasn't easy to convince them and you know go full uh, speed in my plans Uh, yeah it wasn't easy
0: (laughs) yeah i understand where you come from because like i'm I'm, I'm, uh, middle eastern so usually your parents will be like just stick to your job um but when you suggest that you want to change it they're like but why do you want to change it um, why are you risking just keep your job like no, i will got a better job why do I need to keep this one
1: <laughs> exactly, that's the idea in, also in certain cultures like in the Middle Eastern culture parents have some power and uh, they use that power in many different ways including you know, yeah. the career the career choice uh, of their kids uh, which is fine but also they should understand that it's our life yeah. Um, I like to involve them and engage them in my decision. I don't like to take it; it's my decision unilaterally, and that's it. Uh, but it takes me time to convince them. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, my mom is emotional, so to deal with an emotional person, it takes a bit of a time. Sometimes yeah. I take a year and a half to convince her, but at the end, I, I manage. I convince her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so at the start of my career, I used to tell my parents that I want to change my career. And they're like, but why do you want to change it? And like, they give you this whole lecture about not changing it. So after that point, um, every time I've changed my career, I've not told them until I've found the job and I've changed it. And they're like, I've got a new job. And they're like, well, why did you not tell us? <laughs> it's,
1: exactly, exactly. There is a way to to deal with them and handle them in a good way, if I would yeah. say. And uh, always try to show them some good, quick wins. Yep. Very very you know small results, but then okay, you see yeah <laughs> you see there is a there is something there, so yeah, yeah.
0: exactly <laughs> yeah. um so what challenges did you face, and how did you overcome them while you were changing these um career paths?
1: Well, I think the first challenge would be on always deciding what's the next step mm-hmm. um like okay from pharmacy diplomacy why diplomacy uh, why to banking after that and why to have my own business why career coaching and why now take startup and i think the majority of people when they are stuck and want to change the main problem is the orientation they don't have enough or proper orientation process where they dig deeper inside themselves get to know exactly what they enjoy their passions um, what type of passion shift or change, and then link that with their values and then you know create a life vision and get all of this together. Um, what I'm trying to be good at all the time, also with my clients, is helping them to do the orientation in a very, very proper way. And always my promise to them is that in four to six weeks, you get to know for sure what's the next uh, dream career. Um, because on average, it takes almost 13 months. Um, uh, I've seen cases take up to three years to decide what's the next step. So if there's a way to minimize that um, and the effort and the hassle and everything associated with that, I think it's it's really a good feeling, um, which is something I always try to do with myself. When I came to the right moment, okay, where else, where next I should I should go? I do the orientation, I make sure this is very, very proper, and then I move on to the next step.
0: That's amazing. It's good to have a process. Um, uh, and from your experience for changing like the different careers, um, what sort of the limit you found to be the amount of time that you've taken to think about a different career?
1: You mean to in order to change? Yeah, or yeah. I'll...
0: Yeah. So from your experience, how long have you taken to change and decide you want to change?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the orientation is a part, but the transformation is another part. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, okay, once you're ready to move, uh, transformation means uh, building new networks, uh, building new skills, uh, exploring yourself in, in, in that new sphere. For example, uh, in the business world, there are, many possibilities, okay? Consultancy would be a thing. Coaching would be a thing. Uh, having a tech startup So You really need to try yourself. On average, it takes six to one year uh, to have a clear vision on the direction, the right direction. And then at the same time, if I would say, you can have few quick wins also to show yourself that you're on the right track, the right path, showing people around you that you're going well. Uh, But then in like building a business, for example, it takes uh, a a lot of uh, time and also scaling a business is another thing. Uh, But I say six to six months to one year maximum.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with that. Going by with my career. Yeah, (laughs) I agree.
1: (laughs) And also the more you do the more efficient you become in it. So, you know, the more you can do it fast, then you know the process. Okay, yeah. let do it. Six
0: months. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, I found it to be three months, so the three months I know. <laughs> exactly. Right? I think that also comes with experience. The more you um, you are in the industry and you learn, the better and the quicker you become at the process.
1: Exactly. exactly. I agree with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of the the skills and the trainings, like how did you upskill and get like the necessary the necessary trainings and the experience to be able to successfully transition your industry?
1: Well, we we focus mostly on top three skills that uh, you know you need to uh, to get to the next dream career. So, for example, if sales is one of them, uh, then we develop a plan. Uh, um, we go actually for even outer sources to you know learn. So maybe one way to look at this is okay. You really need to learn the B2B sales in three to four months. Okay. Here is the plan. First, go and buy those three best-selling books. So I choose the books because I've done a lot of readings in the last uh, ten years, if I would say. And okay, those three books in marketing. Are very essential for you if you want to learn about marketing. Those three books in sales you need to learn, you know, read them. And then, the more uh, the person reads and engage in that and learning skills, the more he or she can develop. Okay. And then we go and acquire maybe, uh, maybe uh, get another course uh, in in sales or so. And then I ask them to do actual things like, okay, you know. If you started building the product, try to do like I let them commit, for example, to meet seven people a week and talk about your product or sometimes twice a day, two persons a day. It it depends. So by making those very small steps every single day, uh, for example, I help people build a networking map. It's called a stakeholder map. And that stakeholder map depends on the people you want to reach. So I ask them every single day. okay, so. By the end of this week, you have to talk to those ten people. One, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but you have to. You know. Um, and then slowly, slowly, with the plan, the more you do, the more it opens doors for you, and then the more you can do, uh, which I see is very practical.
0: Yeah, indeed. And um, from your experience, what sort of book or course that you have found to be very helpful for you to transition?
1: In general, like out of yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, courses, well, I I learn a lot from a lot of people. I I, I think I have dozens of mentors, if I would say. Uh, one of my favorite ever is uh, Jack Canfield. If uh, if you hear the him, he is number one success coach in the U.S. Uh, he is uh, he's seventy nine years old. Uh, twenty five years old uh, in in energy, you know um, he wrote forty seven uh, new york Times bestselling books. He sold worth of six hundred fifty million books so it's it's he he really has done a lot in terms of coaching and uh, books, writings and marketing and when I started writing my book, time to move on, I learned from him so uh, first I learned from him online. Uh, how to write a book, how to write an outline, how to market the book, how to think marketing from day one. And then slowly, slowly, I get in touch with him. So I met him in person several times. And then I also got certified by him. So uh, because he has his own uh, the success principles methodology, where uh, you can teach the success principles in an many different ways. Uh, In my case, I use it to help people to have a dream career. Um, So also then that's another level of of contacting him and learning from him as well. Right now, because I'm certified uh, by the Canfield methodology, I also coach with him. Uh, So for example, uh, right now there is a program called Game Changer. It's a six month program where you help people to make a huge leap in their careers, their life over six months I'm coaching with him also there's a very interesting program uh, next month in October it's called breakthrough to success it's in California and uh, luckily as well I'm I'm joining his coaching team so we're gonna coach hundreds of people who are coming from all around the world so um, there are many many of those people mentors uh, that you can find get in touch get closer then you learn a lot from them
0: yeah indeed (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's interesting uh, to know. Um, but I think sometimes it's a bit hard to find the right sort of mentors and coach, um, which is why it's nice to have it from like um, good sources that he, that you can recommend.
1: Exactly, and you know, I, I agree with you. And and um, online social media, um, there are a lot of people around, and there are a lot of noise also. But then the moment you start looking for the right mentor, even online, even if he he or she never sees you or know you, um, I think you can find the right people. And uh, I can consider I have mentors in every single skill I want to learn as of now. So, for example, right now, uh, one of the skills I'm learning a lot for some time already is acquiring skills, going out and buying businesses. Uh, And I have three mentors. Three of them are in the U.S., and I'm—I've been learning from, like, actually one of them, almost four years already, um, in how to do so. So the more you do that, the more you find the right people and right mentors doing that.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, finding the needle in the haystack. When you find the needle, you eventually like find everything around it.
1: Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and the more you search, I think the yeah, you possibly you find
0: yeah exactly um and also, what inspires and motivates you to continue to do what you do just now?
1: right now, I feel the 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 purpose is the main thing um so I'm in Italy, I spend almost most of the year uh joining a startup incubator uh and I see the process how hard it is you know you're like uh you know finding the team um uh, building the product diving deeper into the problems which exactly the problem we want to solve learning a lot about ai and you know uh, many many other other things somehow i say to myself ah oh, this is so tough you know why i'm doing this you know uh i could be you know just doing what i'm doing and i'm i'm fine um but then also i see the purpose again and if the purpose at this stage is to help In in my dream, hopefully, if I can reach that, if I help millions of people to find their dream career, uh, that's a big purpose for me. And actually, actually sometimes when I feel bad and like, "Hmm, you know, my, I just don't want to do anything, that purpose motivates me. You know, Mm. always like, oh go, look back, live for that dream. Even if you don't achieve it, it's okay. You know, Mm. you don't have anything to lose. But just keep pushing. Maybe you can get it. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, so it it this is really what motivates me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's really nice. It's always good to have like a purpose because then you know where you're going. It's like your compass. Um, if you are lost, you can always like look at your compass and then you find your way back.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Always linking your career or your business to a purpose. It's it's a great thing. It's the best thing ever because if you if you do something without a big purpose. Whatever it is, um, it's hard to sustain, hard to persist, hard to be consistent. But if you have somewhere up there a purpose, even if it changed down the road, it's okay. Uh, you will keep fighting for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fine um, when your purpose changes because um, as you grow and as you discover new information and knowledge, you basically are refining your purpose further. So it's not really changing. It's like refining it
1: exactly exactly it could be refined it could change um because also our passion change you know yeah i assume both of us 10 years ago we were completely different persons um, yeah. maybe we're pursuing different things our dreams were different right our personal experiences were different and um, and it's fine that okay i'm done with that purpose i'm done with whatever those passions let me start something else let me start a new purpose um, and it's fine to continue with different purposes in life.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, from your uh, sort of careers, what sort of benefits and rewards have you gained from it uh, so far? Like, give us a few, if that's possible.
1: I, you know, in when I was changing, I didn't know that. I, I was moving to diplomacy, and then I look in diplomacy. I see other people are maybe uh, in the beginning better than me because their backgrounds you know, is in line with diplomacy. Me, I was a pharmacist and I say, oh, I wasted five years of pharmacy. Why did I do so? And then I moved to banking and I suffered the game because in banking, I was a pharmacist. Uh, I was a diplomat who had pharmacy degree. And then now I work as investment specialist and it's like everybody there is a banker and looking at me, what are you doing here? So I suffered a bit in like, okay, did I waste my time doing different things? Mm-hmm. But then somehow the epiphany came somewhere when I was in my banking career and I was doing my MBA at the same time. And I started seeing the power that I have, the the perspective of things that I have from different experiences. Like so far, if you work all your life in one specialization, you will look at life from here, like only one perspective, right? If you start seeing things from different perspectives, and then you start connecting those experiences together, life gets completely different, it gets much more interesting. You get an eye bird view, you know, 360 degrees. You get to enjoy life more because I also believe that a specialist cannot, cannot enjoy life because the, if your experience is only about your specialization, you cannot see what what others so also it's advisable that a scientist should learn a bit about art or a mathematician should know more about you know painting or poem or whatever Uh, music Uh, the same apply to us if you have different experiences in life you start connecting them and you start seeing the magic which i'm really grateful for right now because i couldn't see that early in my life
0: yeah true um i think that's exactly what I'm sort of going through, like, I I see the benefit of it as well, because um, sometimes you think, um, why do I need to do this? But then once you do it, you see the benefit of it, and also, like, you see different perspective of the, the whole sort of uh, professional industry, and in terms of the, being a specialist, I've Yeah, I've taken that path for a while and then I was like, no, that's not for me. (laughs) Because it limits you to, your, your, your career gets limited if you become super specialist. And then later on, if you do decide to change your career, it's very difficult.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then if you do the same job for, like in my experience, more than five years, you're already done. Everything else after that is very repetitive. You know, you just keep repeating the same thing, which gets boring. Yeah. Um, if you look at specialization as well, historically, it's 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 something that has been there for less than 200 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Before that, we call them polymath, or that what now I call them career shape shifters. Is people were always navigating between different domains and industries, mm-hmm. doing different things so the renaissance man or woman in europe uh, old egypt uh, in india every single civilization was characterized by the number of big polymath that who were able freely to go between different domains and when you have more people doing so more magic happens and mm-hmm. and that's why we were hearing about the magic that they were doing exploration different things they were doing
0: yeah exactly and in terms of your sort of career what sort of um, what did you do or like how did you prevent your career to be um, sort of being in a position that you're not damaging it by continuously changing it
1: um it's it's also a tough question because um you know at some point in my my banking career let's say i i started in banking and i wanted to continue all my life in banking uh it wasn't intentionally done like, okay, I would be there for some time and I would leave after some time. And that's why I did my MBA. Uh, And I decided to do the MBA to grow more in the new career. Um, But then somehow you realize based on many, many different things that, oh, it's a good experience. I had targets when I started this, like after four years, for example. One of my big goals was to have an impact on the Middle East, because I'm coming from the Middle East. And at that time, I was the only person from the Middle East in that bank. So I was actually their eyes on the Middle East. Um, so I was just getting on the plane, going to Egypt, going to Jordan, Saudi Arabia. And I was the one who bringing, you know, investment in the region so the bank can invest in Um, Luckily enough, um, by four years i was lucky to bring 1.1 billion dollar worth of investment and infrastructure to the region mm-hmm. and i thought okay that was a purpose for me um bringing the bank perspective eyes focus on you know on the region bringing investment um i can still do more if i want but did you achieve your goal and i said yeah i achieved my goal okay another goal was personal uh did you learn a lot? Did you grow more? Did you go out of your comfort zone? Did you do this and this? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, do you wanna stay longer? The answer was for me, no. I wanna be my own boss. I wanna have my own businesses. I wanna have another impact from a different perspective. So it's it's a tough conversation internally, but then also being clear to your goals. Like when you're starting something, what are your goals? Okay, and making sure that you take those you know points somewhere down the road a few years, and then say, okay, do I want to really do this all my life, or do I want to start something else? Uh, the realization I've, I've been to is like, okay, I enjoy banking, I learned a lot, I can use that experience in my business in the future, because you know private equity, venture capital, all of this goes with you, wherever you go, and I think I had my impact. And it's the time to have another impact from a different uh, perspective.
0: Yeah, I think most people, um, the one of the reasons that maybe they're scared to change their career um, is because they're worried that they damage their reputation for changing too early or like changing often. And often, one of the questions they probably get during like interview is like, um, "Can we trust you?" Essentially, um, why are you yeah. constantly moving?
1: Exactly. So there are two ways to look at this. If somebody who uh, move, like work six months in a place and then three months in another place, one year in another place, and keep doing this for 10 organizations, for example, over 10 years, yes, there is something wrong. <laughs> yeah, Of course, there is something wrong and it's a, a red alert. But on the other side, if somebody who spent a couple of years somewhere and then move up the same, I don't know, the same industry in another organization, grow more, and then somehow say, okay, it's enough for me, I want to do something else. I don't think HR should look at this as, you know, uh, a, a red alerts. Uh, I unfortunately, I've seen how HR in different organizations deal with with this, and mostly be like to recruit specialists. So the way they look at it is like, okay, 15 years of experience in this. We want somebody who only done this, but then they miss a lot. Uh, and, and they miss a lot because they miss the power that the outsider can bring. Um, I don't think you need more than four or five years of experience in, in, a, in a domain, plus other experiences, because again, analogical thinking, it's a genius. It's, it's magic. When somebody has a lot of analogies and can bring solution to a new problem from there, uh, it's really powerful. And that's why one of my dreams is to change and transform the whole way of of uh, recruiting. Um, and that's why also part of my tech startup is to look at this because there is a good way to balance between specialization and shapeshifting and bring both people together to the same table in the same team.
0: Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be good to have more people to be more confident and comfortable in changing.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because it's it sounds bad to change, and uh, if if you go to a specialist or an expert in one place and you tell, oh, I did this and this and this, uh, for them, uh, why? You know, you're a loser. You change here. You change but they don't get it. I'm so sorry for them that they don't get it. But on the other side, it's a power and we really need to educate a lot of people, especially in the HR world, is that we really need to merge both because the power that specialists can do, it's undeniable, but then also the power that Shapeshifter can bring to the table, it's completely different. They can be more creative, more disruptive. You can help both to work together in different in teams. Uh, rather than just splitting uh, uh, between them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, what are the do's and don'ts of um, career transition?
1: Um, for me, it's always pros. Always. It's a good thing if you want to change. Uh, because uh, once you get comfortable with the with a, with a circle around you, uh, this is very dangerous. And, and for me, I have seen this in, in many cases in my, across my career. It's like, okay, I'm not learning anymore. I don't think I would go beyond this. I need to change. Um, going out of your comfort zone is tough. It's, uh, sometimes it's a crazy experience. It's not easy. But then once you go out of the dangerous area and, and, or phase and then go to the learning phase, you enjoy. It. Because as long as you are learning, you, you enjoy So I would advise every person who want to change is to focus on learning. If you focus on learning, I'm sure you're going to learn a lot when you uh, uh, move out. So I'm also an advocate for career change. I support people who want to change their career and I tell them 100% pro, uh, I don't think you should be stuck in a place you don't want to be or a career you don't want to be all your life just because people would think something else
0: yeah exactly. I think the other th- way to sort of look at it as well is that every individual should be considering themselves as a brand or a company um exactly. you're offering a skill and service, and as much as you want a job, the other company also needs someone
1: exactly exactly and also it's a power if like if we look at the great resignation, one of the economic trends right right happened in the last few years. You see millions of people are leaving their jobs until now, even. Um, some of them stay at home, some of them you know don't have a, um, another alternative. And what happened is, um, people keep doing this all the time, which means they are not happy. They are not passionate about what they are doing. They need to find uh, a meaning in their new work or, or purpose or so. So if we can accommodate all those people, this is a power. And then I think from the other perspective, we will have the power to shift the markets at some point.
0: Yeah, exactly. And in terms of uh, sort of your opinion, how do you reinvent yourself?
1: Well, reinvention is, is, um, I think it's a continuous process. And um, I look back at myself at some point when I was a pharmacist, I knew nothing about diplomacy. And then I went there and I reinvented myself. So in in my own way of reinvention is you turn your weaknesses into strength. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just give an example. Um, I was telling you earlier, I grew up as a very shy kid, very introverted. Um, Somehow I moved to diplomacy. And as a diplomat, you cannot be shy, you cannot be introverted. You really have to be... (laughs) turn that and reverse that and and go out, be outspoken, uh, speak in events, public speaking, um, go out and and be proactive, I had to learn that. So the easiest way to do so is to build it on a passion. For me, because diplomacy was a passion, I had to prove myself that I can turn every weakness in that space to a strength. Uh, Oddly enough, when I moved to banking and, you know, for example, my boss and the bank, they didn't know me before, but, but when he saw me say, communication is your superpower, is your strength, you should really focus on that. But I wanted to tell him that, you know, if he knew me earlier, you know, in another career, it, it wasn't, but just because it was a, a weakness based on passion, I could turn it to strength. So always the easiest way to reinvent yourself, find those passions that you don't have experience enough in, turn this weakness into strength.
0: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) That's a good way to do it. (laughs) Um, And in terms of um, the career transitions, what are uh, some of the common myths that you hear about career transitions?
1: Well, my favorite one is when people believe when they are leaving, they are losing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which means, um, for example, I was a specialist in this career. You know i'm growing up um, i'm, I'm uh, climbing the ladder but then now i'm starting from zero from scratch uh, for me this is a myth because you go wherever you go with your skills with your experiences with everything um, and it would just give um, an example of of uh, the skills that you can transfer with you uh, for example i i studied chemistry in university And I thought at some point that this is a sunk cost. I'm not going to use it anymore because I'm a diplomat now. Uh, But when I moved to China, uh, the first year was to study, full study, uh, full time studying Chinese. To my surprise, studying, learning and writing Chinese was so easy for me. I didn't know why at that time until the moment I got introduced to analogical thinking. And I could see the similarity in analogy and logic between uh, chemistry, organic chemistry and Chinese. So let's say, for example, both of them need you to build a visual memory. I had that from chemistry, so it was easy for me to you know, visualize the characters. And then both have almost the same logic. So in an in uh, organic compound, you draw from left to right, from up to down. Always the endings have a meaning. Uh, it's a medical effect or whatever, chem- chemical effect in Chinese, it's almost the same, so you draw from left to right, from up to down the endings have meanings, whether it's a way to pronounce or whether it's it's a meaning uh, as well, so it was so easy for me to learn Chinese, just because I learned chemistry a few years ago, before
0: that's amazing, like you would never <laughs> connect language learning and like as a science subject to be the same thing like helping you to get that.
1: Exactly. And then, you know, life gets easier because if you want to learn a new skill quickly, uh, you just need to dive deeper into one of those skills or a a pool of skills and then find an analogy and learn the skill fast.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) What are the common mistakes that you often see from people um, that you've helped while, while they're transitioning their career?
1: Uh, I have seen a lot of mistakes, and I think the one of the biggest mistakes is to not to do enough actions. I've seen people trying, um, like preparing, let's if I would say preparing, 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 preparing and then the action comes, and no enough action. So they are afraid of acting, and do mistake. In general we learn in school that if you do mistakes is bad thing right it's just you know it's it's bad so somehow we are um we learn not to do mistakes but in real life we are actually created to learn by doing mistakes you know you really need to do mistakes to learn the way when we were kids you know stumbling you know before we were able to walk we fall down we get up we fall down get up this is the best way to you know, to, to learn things. So once you do the orientation, you know, where are you heading? Do actions, just go out and do as many mistakes as you could. Of course, I advise people to minimize those big mistakes, uh, not to be big failures. Um, Learn from other experiences. So if I want to, let's say, if I want to build a startup right now, I go and I read dozens of books. About other people who built started because you can learn a lot from them. But then there is a time where I have to act. I really have to do something, and I do some mistakes and then learn from them. Um, so I think I have seen people not doing enough actions, and that's why they stay in their zone, afraid of doing mistakes.
0: Yeah, I think that also applies to most cases in your life, because if you think if you're thinking about doing a change or doing something. The longer you think about it, the less likely you will take the action. So it's best to start taking action as soon as like, you're thinking about something.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And committing to an action every single day. I'll just give you an example. Um, so in, in every specific thing, big thing I do, like let's say for my book and my coaching, I do, it's called the rule of five. I do five things every day. Uh, so five actions every day whether I talk to somebody about the book, about the value of changing career, about this and this and this. And uh, somehow now I change it to the rule of seven. So it's uh, five things, maybe it's not enough. So I do seven things every day. And even by in the, your lowest day, if you just commit to doing those seven small actions every single day, uh, your day is still very productive. You are yeah. still getting somewhere. And if you start playing the game of consistency one, two, three years down the road, you will see a, a pile of actions that you did, thousands of actions that you did across, you know, a few years. And this will bring you somewhere you never imagined, you know.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to approach it. It's almost like your daily to-do list. Instead of like having lots of chores, you can maybe replace the chores to be something more productive in terms of achieving your goals.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because sometimes we are, you know, in our lows, uh, it's not always, in, you know. But if you just keep consistent, doing the small actions, you are good.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and also when it comes to like career transitions, um, whether it's within the same industry or different, I think sometimes there's also the sort of worry that you might it might come at a cost, which essentially means like you, your, your salary will go down. Because you're going to a different career completely, no exactly. skills. And from your yeah. perspective, how do you combat this?
1: Exactly, this is true, and and it happens. And back again to HR perspective of things, it's because of this. It's because they will not value if you if you're somebody who have 15 years of experience in several careers, and five of them in. Let's say in banking, for example, they will deal with you as if you are just five years experience. That's it. So uh, you will go down the hierarchy and it's a challenge. Uh, I have been through this. I at some point I had to choose between hierarchy, better salary and learning. Um, But then if we stick to this and being stuck in this, is that just because of my salary, I will not try something new. Uh, I think we are losing a lot. Uh, if I just go back to my experience and say, well in diplomacy my salary was double in, in banking, um, I wouldn't be doing uh, what I did and I would be learning what I did. And then the other shifting power is again back to the idea is when we have more people on this side, we as shapeshifters have the power and then we can reshape the industry and then we can reshape everything. So. So once we start reshaping the HR perspective of things and how they hire shapeshifters, they will look at you from a different perspective. So, okay, then at that moment, I will not hire you just because I need you in this specific industry. I will hire you because you have 15 or 20 years of experience in all of this. Um, it takes time, but it also requires many of us to fight you know, for their dream careers, for learning, for growing, for going out of her comfort zone, until that moment where we have a bit of power <laughs> to yeah. have an
0: impact. Yeah, exactly. And um, the other way also to sort of think about it is that you can use your different or yeah, the different roles and in industry you've been in, and use that as your advantage point to see that you're bringing different strategies you've learned from those industries and into this industry because you probably not have that experience so i can bring that for you
1: exactly and then also quick win is to focus on the strength that you have right now Mm -hmm. that will help you to bring a new perspective to the place you're going so i just i say communication was one of my strengths when i moved to banking i use that because For example, I knew how to deal with governments. I I I learned that, you know, firsthand, and I knew how to, in in a fraction of a second, do this. While other teammates who were bankers were really struggling to do so. So I used a lot of those strengths that I had to show what I can add to the team. Yes. So also people can use this, can use those, you know, can think of five at least five things five perspectives, five strengths you can bring to the new place that you know none of them, none of the insiders in that new uh, place know how to bring. And then I think you can use that to negotiate your salary, negotiate your, you know, whatever, promotions, negotiate your position and many other things.
0: Yeah. And in most cases, like those um, skills are like soft skills, like personal skills that you can use. And it's not like technical skills that, um, I think the technical aspect of it of Practicing that um, whatever the job requires comes when you start and you learn on the job. In most cases, um, exactly. companies are willing to make that change for you and like help you to upskill as long as you've got like the good soft skills that you want.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then also those same soft skills are very essentials for leadership positions. So when you are getting to a managerial levels or you know leadership level, uh they don't look at the hard skills per per se you also look at how are you leading your team how are you communicating within your department with other teammates there are many other aspects of it and i don't think any manager or leader should be only a specialist Um, that's why upskilling, reskilling is essential at this stage they really have to learn other skills um, to become
0: good leaders yeah exactly in the case that you mentioned in terms of like leadership, uh, in most cases, if that's the sort of path you want to eventually reach, um, soft skills are like the key sort of skills that you definitely need to work on, and no other specific skills, job specific related skills will uh, you know help you. It's essentially like how you can deal with the team.
1: Exactly, exactly. For example, negotiations. you need negotiations everywhere you are whether it's work related activities out of work you're buying you're going for shopping whatever yeah negotiations even with your families with your friends you know so if you build that skill and show that power clearly and sell that skill to people around you or to your new boss new organization i think you really can prove a lot
0: yeah, exactly. And in terms of um, your sort of career blueprint, how do you find your dream career blueprint?
1: The dream career blueprint? You mean how to, yeah, how yeah. to devise that, that?
0: Yeah, how do you find
1: that? Uh, 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 let's imagine, I like to, to have this analogy. Let's imagine that we are driving a car together for thousands of miles. Uh, maybe that will take us a few days. Okay. So I assume we need for that journey three essential elements. The first one is enough gas for the car, right? Second, a GPS tracker that help us to find our way. And the third, we need a final address or a final destination, right? So without enough gas, we run out of gas somewhere in the middle, we'll stop. We're not able to go you know, find our destination. Without a GPS, We will get lost maybe dozens or even hundreds of times in the middle. Who knows? Maybe we are not going to get to our destination. And there is no benefit of having a GPS if you don't have a final address. So always you need a final address. Um, Let's apply this on our careers or our life. Enough gas means enough passion. If you don't have enough passion for whatever you're doing, you run out of gas, you're stopped somewhere in the middle. Sometimes you don't know why you're stopping, why you're burned out, why you don't enjoy anymore, uh, what you're doing or whatever. Um, your GPS is your values. We should get to know exactly what our personal values are. Um, and if I'm not sure what are my values are and I work in a place that's not satisfying my values, I will get lost, the same idea, I don't have a GPS. And a final destination is an ideal lifestyle. Let's say, if I ask Lana, what's your ideal lifestyle you want to, you know, where do you want to be? What's your ideal house? Is it by the sea or in a farmland or where? Um, how you want to have your working day? Is it working from home or is it working in a nice skyscraper or whatever, you know? Uh, what's your ideal weekend? So the moment you know your top passions, your core values, and have a bit of idea of your you know your ideal lifestyle bring them together merge them with your skill set you know the skills that you have your strength and all of that you have a clear idea where you want to be and where you want to be is always in the middle you know uh, uh, you work on passions that you are really passionate about satisfy your values so you're not endangering your values it's getting you closer to your dream lifestyle and it's always capitalized on your strength
0: yeah that's a good analogy. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's somehow it's it's uh, it's. I learned it the hard way in every career transition. Yeah. And I had to dig deeper every single time, and um, I see how beneficial it is when I try it on my clients, and how powerful it is really for them.
0: Yeah, I've never really thought about it that way. While while I was changing career or like changing roles, Um, but now you've put into that perspective, I think it makes sense better, because oftentimes, like, you know, you're always doing things sometimes, you're doing things, but you're not sure why, and eventually you find out why you made that change.
1: Exactly. So what you need to do is dig deeper, make sure that you have foundations for every single move, Mm -hmm. and because a career transition is always difficult always difficult. You know, every time there is a suffering, you will suffer for sure. But uh, the end goal is great. So unless you know why you're doing this, and you always go back and say, wow, this is my passion, you know, I I'm enjoying doing this great, it's actually satisfying my value as freedom, let's say if if freedom, for example, for me is one of my absolute values. And I always want to fulfill that freedom. And I say, Okay, I'm doing this because of my freedom. And I have an ideal lifestyle I want to live. I always dream of it. And I say, okay, doing this, my passions, my values, and this, and then have an impact, have a, a life purpose, is what's really driving me. And it's always, you know, energizing you, giving you the energy to reach your goal.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So what advice do you have for someone that wants to take a similar career path as you, so become a sh- career shapeshifter?
1: First of all, career ship shifting is a power. Career ship shifting is the future of work. So, if we look at what is happening right now, AI, machine learning, is changing the whole world. It's expected actually by 2030 that almost 1.1 billion jobs to be, whether completely disappeared or completely transformed in many different ways. Um, If we look at the Careers and jobs that will disappear. It's expected that, for example, uh, software engineering will disappear at some point. Um, uh, engineers in general, uh, content writers, and many, many others, you know, uh, jobs will disappear. So, what would happen to you if your job disappeared and you are a specialist? No. You
0: know,
1: it's the same idea if, if, if you know a koala. Koala is a specialist animal. It only eats eucalyptus uh, leaves, you know. If any change happens, koala dies right away. If we compare that to a raccoon, raccoon is a different type of animal. It's a generalist who almost eats everything. You know, anything comes in his hand, can eat it. Uh, It can live in a very cold weather. It can live in a very hot weather, any type of environment. So, which one has more uh, chances to survive? I mean, I would would say a raccoon. The same applies to us. If you are a career shape-shifter, you have more chances to survive in the age of AI. So, you shouldn't be doing the work that AI is doing or will do in the future. You should be on the top. Learn how to manage AI, for example. You should manage different skills. You should have different experiences. And this is an absolute power.
0: Yeah, indeed. From your sort of perspective in terms of AI, what is the best industry for the future to be uh, focusing on or like aiming to get into so that you're not impacted by AI?
1: There are many things, including also shifting your career. Because, again, what you are building as a person who have two or three careers, let's say three careers, is a unique experience mm-hmm. no one other person in a globe of eight billion people have the same experience as you do, so you're building your unique intelligence mm-hmm. and also I, co- I like to call it your unique genius because I believe each one of us is genius in something okay How are you going to know what you're genius in is just to get to know yourself more and get to connect more things so the more you are able to do this the more you cannot be harmed by by ai because again specialization in one tiny corner uh, and if it goes extinct extinct you're out but if you're able to do different things you can always jump out of what you're doing and do something else it's fine also you need to learn a bit about ai it's is is an advice i'm advising myself people around me is that you need to read about ai you need to start using AI softwares. And also, if you're building a business, and in, in my case, in my tech title, I'm doing so, if I'm offering a solution that is not AI-based, I'm out of the competition a few years down the road. So I have to somehow involve AI in the process, even if it's not the end goal, just because it will change the whole industry in the future. Almost everything, everything will be AI-based.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, the other way to sort of see it as well, um, AI has the power to work in any sort of industry. Um, being a career shapeshifter is almost like being the human version of AI.
1: Exactly. And still AI has the specialization part. It's still not a general AI mm-hmm. like what we have. So if you are able to do more, you're st- you, you are actually much more powerful than, than
0: AI. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's interesting. And like I hope that people get more into you know, changing their career so that they can build their skills more.
1: Exactly. Because the two other feedback from people is whether they really don't care, they don't want to know much and, and they will be shocked when their jobs disappear and they don't know what to do in the future. And the other side is just they are scared and also not doing anything. Uh, you don't need to be scared, and also on the other side, you don't. You really need to understand a bit about what's happening in the future because it's the norm of things like, you know, um, let's say moving from the agriculture era to the industrial era, there are jobs that disappeared just because you moved to a new era, and the same happened to when you mo- we moved to the technological era, and now it's happening again and again in a faster pace. So you just need to adapt. You need to find mm, new niche for yourself, learn them, and then grow.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm now more interested to go into a different side and learn more about your book, Time to Move On. Tell us about that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so uh, Time to Move On uh, wasn't actually the, the, the first book I, I was writing. I wrote another book, which called uh, The Passion Project, and I was helping people to find their dream career, the how, um, but then having conversations with hundreds of people around, um, the feedback I got is there's still people who need to debunk and bust some of those myths first before they ask about the how. Uh, I mentioned some of them in uh, early. For example, one of them is change is risky. It, I, I talk to people and say, Oh, oh, but I cannot change it. It's so risky for me. It's very hard. Um, so I have that conversation in the book with them to help them to understand that change is, should be your best friend, actually. You should embrace change. You should actually learn how to forecast change because when you learn how to forecast change, your job is easier because you get to know, oh, this is what will happen five years down the road. And this is how I can, you know, make the best wins. And this is how I reduce and minimize my risk, for example. I learned that I I knew somehow that pharmacy going to be a saturated market back in my country and I thought okay even though if you really are afraid of changing staying there for five more years is so risky so you really have to do it so also learning how to embrace change is is a power um another myth uh, I learn I hear this a lot from people yeah 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 but I have responsibility you know I have a family I have bills to pay and For me, this is a myth because my counter argument is we're not here in this life to pay your bills and then die. Yes. I mean, what a waste of life. You know, I just every day I'm paying my bills, every month I'm paying my bills, and then I die. It's a waste of life. So while we argue that it's important to take care of your responsibilities, your families, and your bills as well, you should ask yourself, you know, what's my purpose? You should ask yourself that big question. So you don't need to jump into the ocean right away, but just keep that in mind. Okay, am, am I stuck in my place in my career? Okay, if yes, what I need to do? What else I need to do? If there's a skill I can learn by just reading a few books that you know don't cost me uh, much. I have to have few consistent steps every single day while I'm taking care of my bills, and then build a plan and then you know, execute that plan. Um, also, very, uh, very interesting myth that I really like, it's everything is a sunk cost. Like if I leave my career right now, I will leave my status, I will leave my power, uh, even the skills I learn and all of that. And again, I disprove that all of that is a myth and I, I give you an example is that you can transfer your skills with you. So I was able to transfer with me, for example, chemistry skill to learn uh, Chinese, and I did it all the time with me. And the same applies to everybody. You can always transfer the skills. So nothing is a sunk cost, if I could say.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do agree with that, because whatever skill you build, that becomes your asset that you're always taking it wherever you go.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's always about yourself. You are the person that is, everything is implanting in you. So, the experiences, the careers, everything. So, the evolution you're going through, no matter where you're going, you're taking everything with you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And in terms of your sort of personal relationships, um, has your career choices had any sort of impact on your personal
1: life? Uh, It was always tough. Um, and always in the circle of my family and close friends, um, was very challenging. Was, was very challenging. I had to, um, first of all, I had to choose when I would tell the circle around me, my families, my friends, uh, because I learned the hard way that it's always a no, or it's always a concern or, oh, wow, why are you are doing this? You know, or, or you're risking your career or, or whatever. Um. So I had to do the orientation first, uh, which I talked about earlier. So that journey of your passions, your values, and all of these things. And then once you know, okay, this is where I want to be. I started learning it after some some transitions. It's like I just need to slowly, slowly have a bit of conversations with people around me to convince them over time. So I would just anchor a conversation about something. I would just... Um, For example, I would say to my dad, um, can you imagine, like, if I leave the corporate world and me and you travel across the US, for example, uh, from New York to San Francisco? I say, oh, really? Can we do that? I say, yeah. If I I just leave uh, my corporate job, you know, do it for three months. And then slowly, slowly, you know, slowly, slowly, Um, you can, you know. Uh, affect the way they think slowly, slowly, or maybe you're c- complaining about something and then you say, hey, you see those people, what they are doing in the corporate world and look at those people who are having their own businesses, how they live their life. So make that comparison and that contrast all the time. Um, it's w- one of the hardest thing I could uh, actually learn how to do it. Uh, still, I think it's one of the the best thing I could learn how to do it because it's always good to have the people around you turning from against you to supporting you. Uh, it's a good feeling because when they were against my decision, it was hard. I was, I was suffering mentally. I was suffering emotionally. And that was another fight. I'm not only fighting to build my new career. I'm always fighting to convince them. Uh, but then once I was able to convince them, things changed. So, I have their blessing. I have their support, they have their prayers, and it's definitely a great feeling,
0: yeah, exactly. I think the first few times it's hard, but once they see you succeed, you succeed in like after a few times, after those point onwards, they don't really get that shocked when you're making a change
1: exactly. you mean they get used after some time, especially if you <laughs> if you change uh However, the last uh, career transition, it was in like moving from the corporate world to be my own boss was uh, a big shock for them, but uh, I'm happy that they are super supportive right now.
0: Yeah, that's good. It's always good to have their support um, while you're going through different phases of your life. And in terms of work-life balance, how do you manage a good work-life balance?
1: Um, I'm in this right now, I'm enjoying so much doing the things that I wanted to do. Uh, plus, I'm working so hard. So I'll just give you an example, I live 20 minutes, right now, 20 minutes from the beach, and it's the end of the summer. Uh, so my summertime was okay. Um, I wake up at 530. A.m., I go for a nice run. And then I go to the beach. Um, one day, if I go to the beach, whether I have to have some books, so my readings in the morning with me or uh, my laptop. So I need to write something about my next book or, you know, do something for the work. Um, that's one part. Um, if not, then the other day is, you know, it's, you know, whether you go to the beach or you will do the work. So I have this work life balance. Uh, if I work so early in the morning, no time, I'm out, I'm going for a nice lunch, I'm enjoying, I'm going for, you know, um, some nature and vice versa. If I go out in the morning, the whole afternoon, I'm working hard until maybe 8 p.m., 9 p.m. So I enjoy so much doing that because, again, everything is under my control. I have everything in my calendar. I try my best to use the day in the best way. I wake up so early. I put everything I wanted to do, whether if it's um, uh, a nice beach, I go for a nice hike, I go for a nice run, and then I work, I write my book, um, whatever I want to do. Um, and I look back to my you know, previous lives, and I don't see that was happening. Um, I, I, I also see another person. I saw, I saw a person that uh, sometimes wasn't so happy, when I was waking up every day going to work, especially in the low times at every job or career, um, I see somebody who was fighting to get a week of holiday to travel somewhere, while right now I'm, I have this freedom to, you know, go wherever I want. Um, I see a person that is happier compared to, you know, um, in the past. I see also a more healthy person because I exercise every day. While in the corporate world, you do not control in your life, you work for 12 hours. Um, Luckily, if I just exercise once a week or two, uh, now I'm, luckily enough, I'm exercising every single day. Because, again, I'm in control over my time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing with um, sort of, um, you know, defining your career and changing it for the better. It later on helps you to essentially gain that lifestyle that you want.
1: Exactly. And then when you see that power, you don't want to leave that when you know that, you know, for example, your freedom is the most, most important thing for you. You cannot endanger that anymore. So if I, I got that, I got some job opportunities when I was leaving the banking career um, with a very good salary. But I thought, OK, I don't want to do the corporate job anymore. I want to be my own boss. I want to start my own businesses. And that's it. So y- you can see that power when you
0: feel it yeah exactly what advice do you have for anyone that's sort of struggling with a work-life balance and you know what sort of uh, tips do you have for them um,
1: well in, in the beginning of your career I, I think everybody should work hard uh, uh, because you really need to build skills you really need to build experiences um, I, I don't mind if you're starting your career in the first five years to work Fifteen hours a day—that's—that's that's fine. You're still young and so, on. but then, you know, the more you grow, uh, and the more experiences you have, it's time to rebalance things in your life. And uh, somebody—I mean, myself—I used to work was number one all the time. W- work was before anything else, before myself, my health, my family, everything else. Um, now looking back at at this. Uh, maybe it's a bit ridiculous, Um, and I'm looking now at myself, and I said, wow, okay, now I'm taking care more of my health, and I'm I'm taking care more of my family, I'm rebalancing things in my life, Um, so try to assess every, let's say, every year, what's really important for you, is it your family, is it if you have uh, kids, is it your kids, Uh, if you have parents, is it your parents, try to assess, you know, Uh, Is it okay? Only work for now. I'm fine. If I focus on work for some time, I I save some money. It's okay. Uh, Is it spirituality? Is it more time with myself? Is it more time to just enjoy? Is it more readings? And try to balance that. Uh, And I'm sure every one of us has 24 hours. It's just how to align those 24 hours and make eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work and eight hours to the rest. And enjoy your life.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think in most cases, um, everyone falls into that sort of trap where at the start of your career, yeah, I do agree that you have to work very hard to build your career to a certain point. But at the same time, um, we also should be aware of our health as well. And We only learn this by practicing and sort of trial and error. Essentially, at the end, we find out that what we've been doing is not, you know, right? We could have still been healthy and have a good work-life balance and still achieve a good career.
1: Exactly. And it's very wise to realize this quickly and hopefully early in your life so you can adjust it. I saw people in their 50s and they still don't know what, and actually they were saying, what's work-life balance, like, you know? Um, people who sleep only two hours at a, uh, every night. Um, and and I would just ask them, what is the benefit of, you know, all what you're doing without health? Or, you know, if like, if you keep doing this, less sleep, more stress, all of that, you wouldn't be here a few years uh, down the road. So why you not balance things and see what's really important and what's not important.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and now going into your sort of future plans, what is next on your journey?
1: Well, my, the next on my journey is I'm writing my next book. I'm talking about the future of work that we, we, we talk about right now. So it, it's about career shift shifting. And I'm kind of forecasting what was happening in the future uh for me i think it's it's really important because it's it's happening uh if a few of us can forecast that change and then have that for people to see that change and then advocate for career shift shifting because it's a power um i think i think that's uh, that's important um also hopefully on the tech startup uh side i'm still in the pre-seed Uh, phase. So I'm still exploring different problems and building my team and different other things. Uh, Hopefully, the focus on the problem, the scaling uh, with a solution very fast. So I'm I'm really looking forward in the next couple of years to see it somewhere, helping hopefully thousands or millions of people to change their careers.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. And I look forward to your book. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um
0: and also how can our listeners support you on your journey?
1: Um so of course online the um I'm on my website thepassionmba.com and mustafaamar.com. Um one way to support also what I'm doing is to get to read the book. Um it, one one big charity, one big cause I'm advocating for is to help orphans to dream about their career. So the age between 12 and 18 uh, is, is a very critical age. And, uh, you know, orphanage has been always a cause that I'm really uh, giving a lot of time since I was 15 years old and money for. And um, life, you know, taught me that the more I give to that cause, the more life give me back. The more I give, the more life gives me back. So now I'm dreaming big with it. If you ask me what's my big dream uh, for that charity is to hopefully by 2030 is to help one million orphans between age of 12 to 18 to dream about their careers and their life and dream big Um, if for example dreaming big is to build a startup or to have their own businesses i will even help them to do so so whatever it takes i want to do that Um, that's why for example one dollar of every copy sold of the book is dedicated to that dream, so um, like I'm looking forward for support. Everybody is really you know interested in that cause, want to help that. Let's do it together because uh, there's much more to do.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing cause, and well done for thinking about doing that because yeah, I do agree like implanting uh, good knowledge and sort of structure at an early age does help you yes. later on.
1: Yes exactly and also that you know critical age and orphans they don't have parents to help them to dream you know also the society doesn't expect much from you yeah uh, just you know get a job just you know if you even finish a school just finish a school and get a job that's it um, i would love to you know inspire them to dream and dream big and go out and achieve their dreams um uh, and hopefully together, you know, with many other people, uh, we can help as many kids as we could.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. That's really interesting. Thank and I you. hope that um, our listeners can participate and help us uh, in that course with you.
1: I would love. Anybody's interested uh, can send me on uh, my email, dreamcareer at thepassionmba.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if they are interested in many different ways, we can support each other. I'm actually open to travel anywhere in the world to teach kids and orphanage uh, this. So also my time plus every dollar sold, uh, every dollar from every copy sold is dedicated to that. Uh, Also in the future, 10% of the tech startup uh, income is going to that. So uh, I'm looking for more people interested in this and hopefully we can do this together.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'll share all the details in the description box later on on the episode. Thank
1: you so much, Lan. Thank you
0: so much. You so yeah. Much. Um, so, our podcast tradition question is how much of your success is attributed to luck, and how much of it is hard work?
1: Um, I like, um, not like many other people, unlike them, I don't believe in luck. Uh, and I believe luck is is not a coincidence is the universe is making its magic because you deserve it. So you need a bit of hard work. You need actually a lot of hard work. You need a bit of vision and um, you need a bit of persistence and consistency. And then if if they like to call it luck, okay, luck will come to you. Uh, But I like to say it's, you know, It's a magic in the universe you deserve it you know you're attracting that energy you have your faith in yourself in god in the fairness of the universe it's coming to you anyway so start by hard work have a bit of vision be consistent persist on it and uh, magic will happen
0: yeah that's amazing thank you and what is one takeaway that you want our audience to get from this episode
1: uh well um i like everybody is interested in changing their career don't look at it as a weakness look look at it as a power because you will be a a career shapeshifter and what we are trying to do now is to create the biggest pool of talents and skills of people who are career shapeshifter that are re-changing the industry forever so it's irreversibly changing uh so see yourself as part of that huge community in the future of that are changing the world.
0: Amazing, thank you. And do you have any final words before we close out?
1: Thanks so much, Lana. I really appreciate uh, it. You're just an amazing, natural, very natural uh, uh, host. I enjoyed every single question. Uh, all the questions or majority of them are out of the box, so I enjoyed all of them. Um, I also just want to stress again the the orphanage cause. Uh, anybody's interested in this support, um, I would love to see by 2030 we as as many people at least helping one million orphans to their careers.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for your thank time, you. uh, for sharing your sort of journey of how you come about your career and how you build it. Thank you for inspiring us and I look forward to having you back on the on the show in the future.
1: Thank you so much, Lana. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope the audience as well enjoyed. Thank
0: you. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. And if we can all do one thing, then be it to inspire one another and make the world a better place than we found it, no matter where we are. Remember to be you, inspire and enjoy the journey towards a happier, fulfilling and successful life. And I'll continue my mission to inspire you with one episode at a time. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so you don't miss the next episode. You can also follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify and Google. Last but most importantly, please leave a comment, rate and review to let me know what you've learned from this episode and what would you like me to cover in the future episodes. I'm Lana and thank you for listening.